welcome to the Diary of an Apartment Investor podcast with your host, Brian Briscoe. In this podcast, we bring some of the top professionals in the apartment investing field to discuss various aspects of the apartment investing journey with the sole purpose of educating listeners to make wise investment decisions. The Diary of an Apartment Investor podcast is sponsored by Four Oaks Capital, bringing you high yield returns through apartment complex investing. This is episode number 27 and part of our multifamily brief series. Before we start today's episode, I want to do another giveaway. If you remember a couple of weeks ago, you know, I, I gave a $25 Amazon gift certificate to Chalmette Ray for writing an amazing review. Got another one recently that I want to highlight and do exactly the same thing. So the review is by, looks like Mike86 or Mike D86. It's M-I-K-E apostrophe D86. So if that's your handle on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and contact me. Email us uh, Brian Briscoe at fourokescapital.com. The review says, couldn't stop listening. If you're interested in getting into multifamily apartment investing, this is the podcast for you. Brian's an outstanding host and brings a unique perspective to podcasting by having an aspiring investor ask questions to experienced investors. The questions that get asked are gold because they're questions that might be overlooked by an experienced investor, but are on the minds of all the aspiring investors. And in between the interview episodes, Brian goes over some key concepts and information critical to the success of multifamily investors. I listen to all the podcasts available in one day. So thanks a lot, Mike. And once again, you know, give me a shout out and I'll get you that uh, $25 Amazon gift certificate. All right, welcome. This is the Diary of the Apartment Investor podcast. This is Brian Briscoe, your host with Four Oaks Capital. Um, third part of a three-part series dealing with the, the lending, or actually the whole capital stack a- aspect of syndication. And once again, we have Scott Williams on the line with us to explain today a little bit about the capital stack. But before we do, Scott, give them a little bit, uh, tell them a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So hope you guys are able to catch the first two episodes, but if not, um, Scott Williams with Align Capital. We're based out of Greenville, South Carolina. Um, We've been in business and debt and equity for the past uh, five years, a little over. Uh, Cover the Southeast really well with our debt and equity capabilities. And then um, we also started uh, an investment sale branch this past January. So uh, that group covers all investment sales uh, classes in North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia. Um, We have specialists on each team to bid up by asset class and trying to become a bit of a one-stop shop for for investors. And I mentioned this before, but uh, as a a syndicator, you want to have a good capital advisor on speed dial. And, you know, Scott is that good capital advisor for Four Oaks Capital. So, um, you know, we'll give you his contact information at the end. You know, if, if you're in the Southeast, you know, he should be, you know, top of your list to contact. So, all right. Today, uh, hey, Scott, we'd like to talk about this thing called the, the capital stack, you know, and, you know, I know as syndicators, you know, we're, we're looking for two things. We're looking for deals and we're always looking for money. Uh, but money comes in different flavors and different colors. Um, and hoping you can just explain, you know, the, the capital stack to people, you know, and, and where things fit in as far as that goes. Yeah, absolutely. And um, so this, this topic can go uh, on forever and ever, but I will try to uh, kind of give a more down the middle version of, of what things look at. But, but for, for you other professionals out there, there's tons I'm going to leave on the table and I'm sure I'm missing in, as well. But uh, so, you know, the capital stack, uh, I, I speak from the bottom up and I start at, with debt at the bottom. Mm-hmm. And um, debt means your loan. Right. So debt is something you've borrowed from somebody else and owe back. And 
That's typically going to come in the form of a first mortgage from a lender. That mortgage is generally going to be recorded. And then that lender has legal rights to the property if they're not paid back. You legally have to pay them back under the terms of a note. And um, they have rights to the property if you don't. That's typically the lowest risk position. So lenders give you loans at lower interest rates than your investors want for their return because a lender is giving you a loan for a, a percentage of your purchase price. So they have a lower risk position in the deal, which is why they're taking a lower generally fixed rate of return and because they have the most senior rights to a property. So a debt just means a loan. Now there's all kinds of private debt and things like that I mentioned um, that, you know, uh, maybe second and thirds and, you know, uh, different split notes and there's all kinds of creative structures, but um, uh, typically going to have what we call the A note or the senior loan. There are subordinate debt pieces, um, lenders and some participating lenders, and then some lenders that just go higher in the capital stack. They may actually do uh, a split note. They may do the senior mortgage, or you might even have two groups do a subordinate mortgage or a second uh, loan behind them. Um, they can also be recorded, but that first mortgage is gonna have first rights. And as you go up the capital stack, the return metrics to those people typically go up. So if you have a lender in second position, they're probably a higher interest rate than your person in first position. So um, that just, would be true debt on the property. Yeah, and just, just, just to point out, this is actually very similar to what it is with a single family home. You know, you get a mortgage with, you know, pick your bank and they're going to have a lien on the property. And if you go and get a second mortgage, you know, they're going to have a second position lien and, you know, they have rights to the property only after the first, you know, position lien has, has been taken care of. So um, right. very, this part at least is very similar to what you see in, um, residential mortgages. You bet. You bet. And then above true debt and recorded debt, um, we, I, we have a tranche called mezzanine. Some people miss, some people uh, confuse mezzanine and bridge loans. They kind of call them the same. So we have people say, I need a mezzanine loan for three years. Well, that's not a mezzanine loan. A mezzanine loan is, is actually a, a, a tranche of investment generally behind senior debt mm -hmm. that um, their collateral for making you this loan is not actually the property itself. The collateral for a mezzanine loan is the shares or the equity in the LLC or, or partnership that owns the property. Mm -hmm. And so um, uh, slightly different can be done by groups that offer senior debt also. Again, this typically is higher in the stack. Um, say you had a senior lender give you a 75% loan you may have a, a mezzanine lender give you a loan at a higher rate of return or higher interest rate um, up to 80, 85. Mm -hmm. um, and, and again, their, their collateral is not truly uh, the property. Their collateral is they must uh, take uh, your ownership or at least a portion of your ownership in the LLC itself. Yeah. Now, as far as mezzanine, um, is there a certain kind of property size or number where you know, mezzanine comes in and, and starts making sense? Yeah, I would say you're going to see it on your much larger transactions or deals. Uh, if a lender, um, if a lender is very comfortable on a deal, but programmatically they can't go above, you know, 75 or so percent leverage, but you know they believe in the deal and they're willing to go to 80, 85, they can offer this as a second piece behind themselves. Or you see it as a, you know, it's also an investment class. So you might see some folks, um, some lenders do 
uh, mezzanine loans, behind senior loans on larger properties where they're able to deploy more equity. So I, I would say, you know, it doesn't have to be on larger deals, but typically we see mezzanine loans on, you know, once your, your mezzanine tranches can be five or 10% of a total deal cost. Mm-hmm. And that, that investment is, you know, maybe five, $10 million. So that, that lends it to be a relatively large deal. Okay. So, so we, we talked about, you know, going up the capital stack, you know, the, the senior debt or the first person. And, and the way I like to look at this is, um, you know, if, if the company defaults, who gets the money first, you know, so going up the capital stack, you're, you're basically satisfying people who are lowest in the capital stack first, and then you move up to the next, next level or, or next tranche, correct? Right, correct. And then so uh, the next tranche, which um, it is possible for them to exist in the same capital stack, but um, preferred equity. So um, preferred equity in rare cases, again, it would be larger transactions, I would believe, would you have both a mezzanine loan and preferred equity behind because they kind of want to be in the same position. Um, but, uh, you know, senior loan, um, you know, first mortgage or creditor's rights, even, you know, second loan, if you will, mezzanine loan, but then preferred equity. And what preferred equity is, is it has rights behind the cash flow, um, behind the required payments to the lender. You know, they have a certain level of return that must come to them before anybody behind them or mm-hmm. up the capital stack get any return. So preferred equity uh, is usually, it's, it's truly an equity investment. They don't have creditor rights against the property. They mm-hmm. have typically joint venture agreements or just it's done through an operating agreement, right? With the, the sponsor on a transaction. And they're taking capped upside. They're lending to a certain threshold in the deal, maybe 85 maybe 90% of a capital stack, mm-hmm. um, but they're taking capped upside. Um, that can come in the form of, hey, we want to make a certain amount of cash flow on a current basis, mm-hmm. um, but then we want to make you know, 10, 11, or 12% on our money on this transaction once we have a capital event, but once we do so, the rest is yours. Yep. Um, so that would be your true preferred um, preferred is you hear preferred stock versus common stock. Preferred just means your rights to that capital come to you first before anybody else behind you. Yeah. Um, but true equity, um, true equity investment and in front of um, either a joint venture or common equity, if you will. Mm-hmm. So, so the, they come in as an equity position, which means, you know, if, if you, if the business doesn't work out, you know, you don't owe them money at the end. You know, they, they just lose their money in, in that case. So that, that's what it means to be kind of an equity holder. And I think the nice part about this is, is they are capped, you know, so it's, um, you know, maybe they're taking a 10% or 11%. And as soon as you pay that 11%, you know, they're happy, they're out of the game and the rest of the money gets divided up against, you know, to the, the higher stacks, which, you know, is uh, common equity, right? Absolutely. So, um, You've got the common equity piece, generally any equity above 90% in a capital stack. And I mean 90% is total deal cost. So um, in a $10 million deal, anybody investing over the $9 million mark, that's typically gonna be some sort of participating. And um, you see some preferred equity lenders go up and become more of maybe a joint venture partner, Um, but that typically comes with, with more reward. So the more risk they're taking on and the higher in the capital stack they're going, they want more reward and they want more return. So you have um, maybe something like a, an ongoing pay requirement, but mm-hmm. then a waterfall to them. And yep. um, we don't need to go into all the different types of 
waterfall, but um, that just typically means they keep earning more as the more the deal goes. They're participating in some form. Yeah. And then above maybe a joint venture equity partner and where most of the sponsors come in and, and uh, is the common equity. And that's who has all the upside in the world, but everything to lose, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and so um, your true participating equity or common equity um, above that. So I would say a very typical structure is to have either a, you know, a senior debt piece with a preferred equity partner and then mm -hmm. your common equity above it. Um, yeah. you, know, you might see situations where you have a, a senior debt piece and a, a joint venture partner, which um, is a little bit of preferred equity with some upside and then common equity yeah. um, are, are some of your most. But um, yeah, common equity, all the upside, but all the downside as well. Yeah. And I think a lot of a lot of the beginning syndicators, aspiring investors that uh, I, I think form most of the listenership on this product, they're probably going to be looking for something with, you know, a loan and then just common equity after that. You know, would you agree with that? Uh, either common equity or some sort of um, some sort of, uh, well, I don't want to call it preferred equity, but yeah, some sort of maybe class A or class B investor yes, equity right. where they have a little bit of a promote, but um, yeah probably also considered common equity. Yep. Yep. Okay. Good, good, good. Well, Hey Scott, I appreciate that. You know, it's, it's, it's a difficult subject to, um, to explain. I think, you know, it's, it's a lot, a lot of, a lot of beginning investors don't understand, you know, the whole capital stack uh, idea. So thanks for coming on. Thanks for, for explaining that to us and, you know, appreciate your time. And last question for you, how can listeners get in touch with you? Yeah, so uh, www.aligncapital.com. Align is A-L-I-N-E. And then just S. Williams at aligncapital.com. All right. Hey, once again, thanks so much for coming on the show. And for the listeners, this is uh, part three of three of the lending um, series or sub-series. And if you missed the other two, you know, go back and listen to them. We got Scott you know, explaining a couple of different aspects of, of lending and you know what you need to know uh, as, a, as an aspiring investor. So thanks again, Scott, and appreciate your time. Thanks, Brian. Glad to be here. Thank you for listening to the Diary of an Apartment Investor podcast today, brought to you by Four Oaks Capital. If you'd like to know more about how to invest in apartment buildings or want to be a guest in our show, visit our website at fouroakscapital.com slash podcast or email us directly. If you're still listening, you obviously like the show, so pull out your phone, tap subscribe and leave us a five-star rating on your favorite podcast app. And we'll see you again next week.